Welcome to Third Flatiron's latest sci-fi podcast from Boulder, Colorado and Air, Scotland. What do villains of the Old West have in common with fire-breathing dragons? Give up? It's easy. They both have a strong lust for gold. Today we bring you the tale of Blazing Bimard by Stanley Webb, where the two archetypes collide. Stanley is a native of rural New York State. He's worked as a dishwasher, a short-order cook, and in an automotive factory. He and his family live on a small homestead not far from the eastern shoreline of Lake Ontario. To find out more about Stanley's new work, see the interview posted along with this podcast and visit his Author Central page on Amazon.com. This story first appeared in Third Flatiron's weird Western anthology, Principia Ponderosa. For more podcasts from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our feed. And now, here's Blazing Bimard, read by Jake Austin. Blazing Bimard by Stanley Webb Soot hovered on the desert scrub. Special Agent Bullwire said, He's off the throttle, Smokey. The train driver complied. My name's Stanislaw. The smoke built, layer upon layer, until it smothered Bull's locomotive. The headlight cast a sickly red glow. The men pulled their wild rags over their noses. Suddenly, broken rails appeared. Stanislaw pulled the brake. Bull jumped to earth. Follow me, Smokey. Stanislaw muttered a curse. A caboose, burned down to its flatbed, appeared through the murk, then incinerated freight cars. The passenger cars bore not but creasy ash. The iron vault car sat on broken axles, its plating sprung, and the gold shipment missing. Bull growled. What sort of man are you, Bimard? Stanislaus spat. A murderer in need of hanging. He needs worse than hanging. He's brought the United States government to its knees for want of gold. A roaring wind turned the ambient smoke into a cyclone. Stanislaus asked. A Sirocco? Bull drew his revolver. Bimard smelled out our gold. There came a lightning flash, then a steam explosion. My puffy! Stanislaw ran for the locomotive, vanishing into the haze. Then he screamed, his cry whirling skyward. The cyclone became a tornado. Bull threw himself flat. The twister drew up all of the smoke, then reeled toward Superstition Peak. Bull rose and searched his wrecked 440. He found the treasury chest gone. Bull weighed the few gold reals in his poke bag. I'll get you, blazing Bimard. Across the desert, a pale town loomed. Bull started walking. The town receded as he advanced. Bull realized that it was a superior mirage, a trick of the light bending over the horizon. He continued anyway, for the town was ahead, somewhere, and he saw no other refuge. He broke out in clammy sweats. His temples throbbed. Bull cursed Bimard for straining him. Suddenly, a cramp doubled him over. When he raised his head, his vision swam. Bull wondered where he was and fell prone. Sulfurous water quenched his tongue. An Indian leaned above him. Bull reached for the man's water skin. The Indian withdrew. Take it easy. The Indian watered him slowly. Bull croaked. Where? You from? My home is nearby. In, in this hellhole? Living here wasn't our idea. Well, I'm glad. I, I thought I was a goner. Bull rose. How far to the town? Take my water. Hours later, the footsore special agent reached a town called Nowhere. He limped along Main Street, past the horse trader and the general store, to the saloon. 
the pianola within twanged out a dirge while gloomy men drank. A scar-faced sheriff watched four whores play poker. The winner, a Chinese girl, listlessly stuffed green paper promissory notes down her cleavage. Bull approached the bar. What suits your thirst, stranger? Whiskey. He offered a gold bit of eight. The sheriff snatched the real. Where'd you get this? The mint. The horrors gathered around, wide-eyed. The Chinese girl licked her lips. She smiled at Bull and opened her bodice. Green paper fluttered to the sawdust. Back off, the sheriff said, pushing her away. Bull said, Sheriff, I'm a special agent. I hereby deputize you and your men to help me apprehend the train robber known as Blazing Bemard. The sheriff's brow darkened, and the men all looked fearful. The whore giggled. Bull asked, What's funny? She replied, Bimard's not a man. What is he, then? A dragon. Not Dragon King or his nine sons, but a western dragon, hungry for gold and human sacrifice. Bull addressed the room. I'll pay every man who aids me. I'll go, said the whore. Gold for every man. I can handle a gun, said the whore. The sheriff laughed. You've handled every gun in town. Bull asked desperately, any man? All but the whore turned away. Then I'm alone. He went down Main Street to the horse trader. A few raw-boned animals milled in the paddock, munching withered grass. The trader's eyes shifted. All of my stock is sold. I've got gold. The trader's eyes shone, but then he turned away. All sold. Bull went to the general store. I need provisions for the trail. I'm out of food. What's in those barrels? Pig feed. Bull showed his gold. The storekeeper turned away. Bull limped out of town. A masked highwayman confronted him. Hands up. Bull recognized the man's build. You've turned outlaw, Sheriff? You'll anger be marred, just as this town's regaining a bit of peace. I'll give you one chance to return where you came from. I'm a lawman with a duty. You should understand that, the Sheriff sighed. I do, and I'm sorry. He aimed between Bull's eyes. The Chinese horse stepped from hiding and shot the gun out of the Sheriff's hand. Ouch, you, you've assaulted an officer of the law. The United States government will pardon her, said Bull. I guess I do need your help after all. My name is Fang. She whistled for two horses, both loaded with provisions. Mount up, Bull. Where to? Superstition peak. The campfire banged in the night, startling their hobbled mounts. They know Bimard's near, said Fang. I don't believe in dragons. You saw the train wreck. How did a man do that? Bimard's genius for invention is superseded only by his cold-hearted greed. I believe he's invented an airborne pirate ship. Fang laughed. Her theory is ridiculous. Her scoffing stung him. Have you seen this dragon? No, but I saw his vast shadow, heard his roar and felt his breath. He raised Noah's bank and flew away with the gold. The sheriff led a posse in chase. That's how he got his scars. Now he appeases the dragon and notifies Bimard when a gold shipment is due, so the attack occurs far from town. With no gold, you trade that funny green paper? Fang pulled a note from her bodice. Fiat money. Each bill represents a piece of Bimard's hoard. She tossed the bill into the fire. How I crave gold. Fang eyed Bull's poke. He blushed. I'm not that kind of man. May I touch a real? I promise I'll return it. Bull relented. Fang caressed her cheek with a golden moan. It feels so good. His blush heated. You'd better give that back. Fang popped the real in her mouth and swallowed. That's government property, Bull protested. Bimard won't have that nugget, Fang said smugly. Bull opened his mouth for a crude retort, but then saw a huge black shape rising from Superstition Peak. His flush drained cold. He's coming. 
The thing rushed down at them. The horses screamed and one stumbled, attempting to flee. Fang drew her gun. All dragons have a weakness. We must find Bimards. The dragon grew in perspective, blotting half the sky. Multiple wings propelled the thing while a vertical tail steered. Dim red eyes glowed above its snout. There, Fang cried and fired. Bull joined her attack, the muzzle flashes lingering in sights. The dragon's wings raised a cyclone. Its jaws opened and blue sparks jumped between its grillwork teeth, coalescing to form a thunderbolt. The lightning struck yards before its targets, but the concussion somersaulted Bull and Fang. Bull landed hard, limbs twitching and jerking against his will. The dragon's lower jaw scraped the ground. With a steely rattle, a ship's anchor dropped, its flukes digging into the sand. The dragon swayed to a halt. Bull regained control of his body and stood, forlornly regarding his empty gun hand. No bones had broken, but he ached everywhere. He looked around. Fang? She did not reply. Soldiers marched out of the dragon's iron jaws. Upon his breast, each man wore a badge with a yellow sun. They surrounded Bull, aiming their carbines. Bull raised his hands. I'm unarmed. A large, bearish man descended the dragon's ramp. I'm Bimard. He spoke with a rough Irish brogue. You've interfered in my affairs. You've robbed my government to property. A necessity. I emigrated here to make my fortune and save my starving homeland. But all that America offered me was brutal labor for small reward. With my Funyan brothers, I built this aerial galley, Ligna Bass, to take what I need. American gold will build a fleet of such vessels and will drive the British serpent from Oiland. The soldiers escorted Bull into the dragon's mouth. He looked back for Fang, wondering whether she had died in the lightning strike or deserted him. The jaws ratcheted shut, their iron teeth interlocking. The anchor chain clanked on board, and the galley teetered skyward. Bull grabbed a rail. Bimard smirked. You'll grow accustomed to it. An overseer took charge of Bull, leading him down a narrow companionway to the galley deck. Dozens of men and women toiled there, shackled to handcar lovers. Sweat stained their ragged clothing. The deck echoed with mechanical noise. Bull said, people from the trains, and from nowhere. The overseer cuffed his ear and indicated a lever where one man toiled alone. Smokey, my name's Stanislaw. The overseer cuffed Bull again. Adopt your chain. Bull cocked his fist but decided to wait, taking the lever opposite Stanislaw. The overseer went to his station. A voice pipe whistled behind him, then Bimard's command barked from the cone. Starboard bumps feather. The overseer cried. You heard the captain. The prisoners across the chamber altered their rhythm. Bull leaned towards Stanislaw. How does this thing work? It's giant. Montgolfier, hot air balloon. We're powering. The wings. A huge gravity cell. Collects atmospheric static. For the lightning gun. We must take the ship. The overseer shouted, Enough talk! Fang materialized behind the overseer. She struck him with the butt of her gun and stole the keys from the unconscious man. How did you get in here? I slipped aboard while they arrested you, Fang snorted with contempt. Foolish toy dragon, she said about releasing Bull and Stanislaw and the other prisoners. Bimard spoke through the pipe. Bending hydrogen. Pump slow. The ship angled down. Bull said, People, let's start this fight, and pumped faster. Bimard cried in panic, slow down, dump ballast. Soldiers hurried into the galley deck and grappled with the pumps. The ship angled to rise, but the maneuver proved ineffective. 
The Lignabast struck Earth belly down, then bounced airborne, only to crash again. Soldiers and prisoners fell intertangled, like unsecured cargo in a storm-tossed ship. The Lignabast turned half over and shuddered to an abrupt stop. A soldier lurched to his feet, carbine waving at prisoners and comrades alike. Bull ended the man's confusion with a knockout punch and took up the carbine. People of nowhere, revolt! Abandoning the resulting melee, Bull, Stanislaw, and Fang scrambled across the tilted deck to the ship's bridge, where Bimar dangled from the command throne's restraining harnesses. Bull laughed and said, You're under arrest. Bimar freed his harness's latch and dropped onto Bull. The impact drove Bull to the canted deck and crushed out his wing. Bimard wrested the carbine away, discarding the weapon to pummel Bull with fisticuffs. Bull tried to block, but his enemy's strength turned his own forearms into bludgeons. Stars filled his eyes. A pistol spoke. Bimard cried out and rolled aside, fingers grasping his leg. Fang's revolver smote. Show me the gold. Bull recovered his feet and his weapon. You heard the lady. I can't walk. Sure you can, that's just a flesh wound. Sinislaw kicked Bimard, then jumped with a stubbed toe. Move, you damn slaver. Bimard limped to his feet and opened the dragon's mouth. The ship lay on the mountain's plateau. Torches surrounded the landing area, and a few smoldered beneath Lignabast's fabric skin. Men feverishly stamped out the embers. Bunkhouses and a manse stood around the landing field. Irish carbines greeted Bull. Tell your men to stand down, he ordered. Bimard looked truculent. Fang put her gun to his head and thumbed the hammer. Bimard gritted his teeth. Do as he said. The soldiers lowered their arms. Stanislaw slapped Bimard's back and chortled. Lead on, Macduff. Bimard growled, replying, The loin is lay on, but led them inside the manse and to an iron vault. Fang panted, Open it. Bimard hesitated. Please, thousands of my kin have starved. This gold is my only chance of repelling the British and saving the rest. Open it. Bimard opened the squealing door. Raw gold nuggets tumbled out. Sacks of coins lay within, and bags of gold dust, and piled ingots. Fang snatched a nugget and stuffed it into her mouth. She gagged for a moment, then swallowed hard. Fang next grabbed a poke bag of dust and pursed her lips around its opening. Bull yanked the bag away. Are you loco, woman? Gold dust clung down her chin, her green blazing eyes fixed on Bull, and he backed away. I am descended of dragons, you ignorant primitive. Her fingers grew hooked claws, scoring the precious metal. Her jaws unhinged to receive the gold bar. Fang moaned ecstatically as the ingot slid down her throat. Her skin cracked in a diamondback pattern. She's not human, said Stanislaw, recheating. Fang expanded. Her clothing split and fell away, revealing her new serpentine physique. Antlers sprouted behind her ears. Membranous wings developed from her ribs. Fang gobbled Bimard's horde, her spiked tail lashing. Fang's coils filled the vault room. I thought she said only the western dragons were hungry for gold, Bull thought. Bull and Stanislaw fired. Their bullets ricocheted from her gilded scales. Fang turned her cat-like eyes upon them and hissed. The three men fled. The dragon pursued them, bursting the doorway, then snaking through the hall. Bimard staggered behind Bull and Stanislaw on his injured leg. Suddenly, he shrieked. Bull glanced back at the muffled cry and saw Bimard's feet kicking from the dragon's throat. 
Bill and Stanislaw halted on the veranda. Irish soldiers waited outside. Fang hit the exit, but the masonry wall stopped her. She groped with her prehensile forked tongue and snatched Bull. The soldiers shifted their aim to the dragon and fired. Fang released Bull and yawned through the doorway. Her throat expelled a ball of fire into the soldiers' formation. The men scattered, trailing smoke and screaming, ammunition bursting in their red-hot carbines. Bull and Stanislaw bolted down the veranda, then across the yard to the landing field. With an enraged howl, Fang rammed her way out of the manse and gave chase, floating like thistledown on a dozen laterally paired wings. Her tiny clawed feet gouged the earth. Stanislaw said, This is one hell of a fix. Can you drive that airship, Smokey? My name's Oak. Forget it. Sure I can if she's not busted. Bimard's overseer waited in the bridge, horse pistols in each hand. Back to your chains, Yankees. Impact rocked the Lignabast. Fang's head rammed up the ramp. The overseer screamed and turned his weapons upon the monster without effect. He lowered his smoking barrels and stood trembling. Danislaw crawled over the ship's control board. Aha! He yanked a lever. Gears clicked. The ramp lifted, catching Fang's head. She struggled for a moment, then withdrew. Stanislaw cried, Where's the blam jam ballast dump? The overseer pointed. Stanislaw yanked another lever. There came a waterfall sound, and the ship lurched upward. Stanislaw thrust his mouth into the voice pipe. Folks, I know you've been poorly used, but if you could work those pumps a little longer, I'd sure appreciate it. The overseer said, I'll encourage them, and ran aft. Bull looked out through the porthole, squinting against the dawn's light. Fang rose in pursuit, flying as a snake swims. Her wings cracked like thunder. Smokey, turn us around so I could shoot her. Stanislaw peered at a dial, then shook his head. The lightning gun needs more charge. Fang released her flames. The attack fell short, but she'll burn us out of the sky before it's ready. Bull remembered what Fang herself had said. All dragons have a weakness, and I know hers. He opened the porthole and dropped out his poke bag. Fang's eyes flashed. She veered after the plummeting bag and snapped up the gold. She brushed the earth and pulled a hard loop back into the sky. At the top of her arc, she rolled and charged the Ligna Bast head-on. Stanislaw crowed, We're loaded. The ship opened its jaws. Fang replied in kind. Sparks flew between the ship's teeth, massing forward. Incandescence whirled in Fang's throat, then erupted. Lightning hurtled from the ship's jaws. Both shots struck home. The Lignabas bow exploded in flames, which rushed back to engulf the whole ship. Her skin burned off, leaving a delicate, glowing framework twisting down towards Earth. Fang swelled and detonated. A Hopi man named Chayaka looked up, startled by thunder from the clear sky. Chayaka had saved Bull's life in the desert, although Bull had never asked his nation or his name. Chayaka watched the Lignabas fiery lattice flutter down a half mile away. Something wet struck Chayaka's face. He wiped the spot, then shuddered at the blood on his hand. A heavy object plummeted at his feet. Chayaka jumped back and stared in wonder at the golden ingot which had dropped from the sky. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Original music by Disco Volante. Sound production was by Andrew Cairns. 